Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 21st of January 2024. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week Tommy continued our series looking at the wisdom of Proverbs and he looked at integrity. The readings are Proverbs chapter 11 verse 3 and Proverbs 9 verses 1 to 6. So we'll go and join Tommy as he's introducing the service. Good morning everyone, my name's Tommy. I'm one of the ministers here at Minehead Baptist Church. Welcome to our service. So, to the notices. Should we get the birthdays out of the way first? <laughs> so, we have, uh, we have Pat, whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Pat. We have Lucas, whose birthday it was last Wednesday, I believe. And who else do we have whose birthday it was this week? I can't... Who else? Oh, Lorraine, of course. Absolutely. It's Lorraine's birthday. So three people's birthday this past week or so. So happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Pat, Lucas, Lorraine. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday, guys. So. Yes, absolutely. May boy myself, so. Just saying. Uh, so, on to other just as important notices. Uh, in. On the, note, there's, on the notice board outside, there is a sign-up sheet for our Portrait Artist of the Year evening, Ooh. where we will be coming up, coming here on a Friday evening. I've forgotten the date specifically. Uh, what's it? 9th of February, and we'll be, it's basically going to be a social time. There'll be a social time. There'll be tea, coffee, food, and also there's going to be uh, the opportunity to do a portrait of someone and we'll basically have an hour of drawing or whatever or however long and then we'll all judge and who's whoever's got the best portrait i think it's going to be a laugh we're kind of just doing it to see what happens but it's also an opportunity just to spend time with each other so so that'll be good so richard our beloved former minister and trainer training trainer he is having a preach with a view this morning at his church so please have him in your prayers with regards to that. Um, he will let us, we don't know when he will find out, but he says that when he will find out, he'll let us know about what the result is. So have him in your prayers with regards to that. A little practical notice is that the front camera for all those who are online, that isn't working at the moment, so you're only going to see me in the side camera, uh, see us in the side camera. So just be aware of that. It's... Not, not a problem on your end, it's just a fault on our end. Uh, thank you for all those who came to the Christians Together in Minehead meeting at, uh, at the Methodist Church on the Avenue Road. It was really, really good just to see some of the ways in which uh, Christians in Minehead in the wider area are serving our community and helping those in need and bringing something of God's kingdom to this area. Um, yeah, it was wonderful, if a bit cold, but that's okay. Um, also, uh, church at four this evening, afternoon, this, uh, church at four this afternoon. So if you want to come again to church, uh, feel free to come to that. And then also we have our members meeting tomorrow at seven o'clock. So that, that's just a healthy reminder for, for those of you who might have forgotten church, uh, church members meeting at seven o'clock tomorrow here. Yeah, that is all. I would just like to read out a psalm, if that's all right, and then then we'll add on, and then we'll hand over to them, to the worship team. So Psalm 73. When When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in my heart, I was ignorant, I was brutish. I was like an animal towards you, God. However... I am continually with the Lord. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. 
and afterward you shall receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. See. They beat me to it. I was going to uh, read something out as well, but I'm still going to do that. You can get a double blessing then. (laughs) Psalm 121. I don't know if you remember the first part of it. It says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the... Amen. So if you want to stand up, we're going to sing this morning to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven. And there's uh, another form of our worship. We're going to take up the offering. So if you're a, uh, a guest here this morning or a visitor, please feel free to let the bag pass you. However, if you would like to give, thank you very, very much. So please stand. Pray now for the uh, children as they um, go out to fire starters. I don't know, Tommy, if you want to come and just pray for the children. Heavenly Father, we pray for our young people, for our under 18s, that they would experience something of you this morning, that you'd speak into their hearts and they'd experience the joy that comes from knowing Jesus Christ. Bless them. Bless the conversations, and I pray that this would be a, a time where they experience and encounter you. Amen. 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 Follow Lorraine and Paul. So this is where half the church leaves. <laughs> pray for them as they, as they leave. Pray that God will speak to them and will bless them. something. <laughs> I uttered under my breath, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'll be leading us in a time of prayer now. Prayers of intercession and prayers of blessing. Hmm. Lord Jesus, would you just calm and quiet and our souls, our very being before you right now. Help us to be aware of your presence. We love you, Jesus. Jesus, you are so wonderful. Nothing compares to Jesus. Nothing. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that compares to you. Nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is my strength. God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Lord Jesus, we we thank you so much for all the ways you are working in Minehead. We thank you for for those organizations such as the Hope Center, the Hub, the Sparrows Project. Organizations for those refugees. Things like the Men's Shed, and other organizations that help people in need. 
We thank you, Lord, that the West Somerset Food Cupboard, I believe, received the King's Award recently. And we thank you, Lord, that there's a recognition of God's work in that place. We pray for your blessing over all these organizations. We pray for your blessing over all of them so that they may continue to serve the least in our society. In Isaiah 58, it said, uh, the Lord says, Isn't this, Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to let the oppressed go free? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them and not to hide yourself from them. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and the healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your God. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy you and make your bones strong. So, Lord Jesus, we pray for your abundant blessing on on all these organizations, that they continue to work, that they continue to meet the needs of the least in our society, that they clothe the naked, that they feed the hungry, that they come alongside the lonely. That they meet the needs of the least in our society, just as you did, Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that that through us, through us individuals, through our church, through the church in Minehead, we'd be able to meet the needs of those in our society. Meet the needs of those in Minehead. We pray that you would help us to do this by the power of your Holy Spirit that we would experience healing and fullness. Lord Jesus, I pray for the, those who are facing homelessness right now in our community. That you'd make a way for them. Lord Jesus, I pray for something radical to change in our, in our town, in our hearts, that we can meet the needs of those in our society. Lord Jesus, we lift up those in our, in our church who are, who are sick. For those who have a hosp- hospital appointments, those who are in emergency care, those who are dealing with all sorts of, of afflictions, whether physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. And we pray for your healing upon them in the name of Jesus. And Lord Jesus, we also pray for those whom we know, friends, family, associates, co-workers. Lord Jesus, for all those people who don't know Jesus, we pray that you would bring them to you. That they would experience freedom, that they would repent, and they would turn their lives towards you. Lord Jesus, we pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in mine head as it is in heaven. We pray for the youth, for the under-18s in our, in our church. Holy Spirit, would they experience your love so powerfully? Would they experience something of you? Even as, as the sessions are happening right now, 
as they're taking place right now, we pray that your spirit would touch their hearts. That the words that are being said by the volunteers and by each other, it would, that you would be speaking through them right now. Would they leave those sessions, experience something of you? Would they leave those sessions closer to you? Would they leave those sessions with a genuine excitement and desire to, to want to know you more? We love you, Jesus. Having sung uh, Shine, Jesus, Shine, that was a, a favorite of my grandfather's, and we sung it at his funeral. Um, and since then, it's always become a, that chorus has become a prayer. And so, if we could, um, if we could have it maybe on the, on the screen, if we could just say the words of the chorus of Shine, Jesus, Shine as our, as our closing prayer. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow. Flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. Amen. If Sue would like to come up for the reading. If you want to grab your Bibles, I have a confession to make. I forgot mine this morning. <laughs> now that makes you all feel better now, doesn't it? Right, our first reading is Proverbs 11, verse 3. It says, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. And we have a reading, Proverbs 9. And that's one to six. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maids and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come in here. She says to those who lack judgment, Come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. Thank you, Sue. Lord Jesus, we, we pray that you would speak through me. And that anything that's not of me and not of you in me, that you would get rid of and that you say what you need to say and that we would have hearts to receive this morning. Amen. Integrity, integrity, integrity. I don't know what that word brings up inside of you. I don't know if it's a, it's a word that I use on occasion, when I think of, when I see a person of a certain character, I'm like, ah, that's a person of integrity. And it's a word that's used throughout Proverbs. It seems like the author of Proverbs wants to make it very, very clear that integrity is very, very key to walking in the way of God and walking in the way of wisdom. In Proverbs, I've got a few of them listed out. In Proverbs 10.9, it says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but the one who makes their ways crooked will be found out. Then we have Proverbs 11.3, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the duplicity of the treacherous destroys them. Proverbs 28.6 says, Better is a poor person who walks in their integrity than a rich person who walks in their crooked ways. In Proverbs 20, verse 7, it says, The righteous who walks in their integrity 
Blessed are their children. Proverbs 19.1, it says, Better is a poor person who walks in their integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. And then finally, in Proverbs 12.22, it says that lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. In my preparation for this, I was... I always will look at the, the word in the original languages. And normally I wouldn't just say the Hebrew words because most of you guys, if not all of you guys, don't know ancient Hebrew fluently, which is totally fine. Neither do I. Um, <laughs> but I, had, I, I, really, I was looking at the word and I was like, I have to tell you guys what this word means, <laughs> what this word is. So the Hebrew word for integrity is Tom. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've got to say it. <laughs> So, whoever walks in Tom walks securely. The Tom of the upright guides them. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> For me, it was just like, this, this is great. Thank you, Jesus. And so Tom permeates throughout Proverbs. And so the, the word Tom in the Hebrew, I guess it would have been pronounced Tom, but it's literally Tom. And so it's... <laughs> It's a word that, depending on the context, it can mean something that is full, something that has integrity, something that is complete and has perfection, something that is upright. But in a lot of contexts, it will signify this idea of something that is complete, something that is full, something that isn't lacking. So, for example, in Leviticus 25... It says, if a, man if a man sells a dwelling house in a walled city, he may redeem it within a year of its sale. But for a tom year, he shall have the right of redemption for a full year. So there's like this sense of completeness. And how this relates to integrity, as I understand it, maybe to use it in an English context, not an ancient Hebrew one, it might be something such as, like, when someone's dishonest with you, when someone lacks integrity, they're not giving you the complete picture. They're not giving you the full details. There's something lacking. If someone's been dishonest with you, you might say they've only given you half the story. So, within the context of Proverbs... There's something about integrity, meaning someone who provides a full account, someone who is complete, someone who isn't lacking, lacking in integrity. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, because I'm very much a, personality-wise, I'm someone who feels things. Emotionally, I'm quite an emotional, touchy-feely kind of person. Um... When I lie, when I have lied, it feels like I'm not, giving, I'm, I'm not giving the complete picture. And inside, it feels like half of me is, is left behind and I'm presenting half of who I am to this person. When I'm dishonest with my words, I'm leaving part of who I am behind and only presenting certain aspects. I'm not giving the fullness of who I am in, in my... In my in my words, in my speech, even in my conduct. When I've been really deceitful, it just feels like I'm compromising on part, if not all, of my character. When I lie, um, yeah, when I lie, part of me, there's a part of me that regrets it and wishes... I wish I could have been completely honest. So integrity, in a biblical sense, it speaks of something like this. It's a person who does not compromise on what God has called them to be. It, they do not compromise any part of who they are in what God has called them to be. 
That's a person of integrity. And so now it's Tommy Pratt bingo time. You know, the, you know what I'm going to bring up. I'm going to go back to Genesis. We go back to the Garden of Eden. And it's very, very clear that integrity is fundamental to the story. God creates the humans in the garden, creates them as his image, to be his image to the rest of the world, to bring blessing to the world, to create a place of life and flourishing where they can be with God and God can be with his people. And it says in Genesis 2 that they were fully trusting in God and they were naked. It's a bit weird. I'm a, I like to think that I'm trying to walk the way of Jesus and be a faithful Christian, and I'm clothed, and that's good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but what's going on there? This is related, I promise. So they are in the, the garden, they're naked. And they're fully trusting in God. They take from the tree of life, which is to trust in God's way of doing things, rather than to take from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is to say, basically, I'm not trusting in God's way of doing things. I'm going to do things my own way. Basically, I'm not going to compromise on who God's called me to be. I'm going to fully trust myself to God. I'm not going to compromise on what God has said. And then, lo and behold, the mysterious serpent figure arrives. Did God really say not to eat from the tree? And so this snake, there's lots of stuff going on. And honestly, it's, for me at least, it's really fun to go into the, the depths of it. But there's a sense in which the serpent is saying to Eve and to Adam, did God really, does God really provide for you? Did God really say you can't take from this tree? Did God really say you can't do things your own way? And so, in that process, the serpent, what they're doing is saying, no, 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 no. You can do things your own way. You don't have to do things God's way. We know better. I know better. And so, Eve sees that the tree is good. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is good for eating. Takes it, gives some to the husband. And I'll go to the actual verse instead of trying to paraphrase it. It says the following. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. All of a sudden, because now they are doing things their own way, they realize that they're naked. Now this is just me. This is my interpretation, so take what I say with a grain of salt. But from what I've read, of this, uh, what the scholars say, is that Nakedness, if you think about it, if you're naked with someone, you're being vulnerable with them. You trust them. You, fully, you, you trust yourself with them because you have exposed yourself at the highest level of vulnerability. And so all of a sudden, if you're doing things your own way, if you're becoming selfish, all of a sudden, I'm being selfish. I don't trust this person next to me. <laughs> and they probably don't trust me. Oh my word, I feel vulnerable. I recognize my nakedness. I can't be fully myself with this person. I can't be completely myself with this person. I can't trust them. And so I feel vulnerable. And so we have this situation where people do not trust in each other. They do not have integrity anymore. They don't trust in each other. They don't trust in God. When God comes, instead of delighting in who God is, they're scared of God now. They don't trust in God. They don't have integrity, and they don't trust in the integrity of God. That's 
bonkers. That's crazy. That's crazy that Yahweh, the God who breathed everything into life, that created the heavens and the earth and appointed you as his representative on the earth. All of a sudden, you hide from him. You don't trust him. You accuse him. And so we have this situation where people no longer walk in integrity. They no longer are honest with each other. They no longer trust each other. They no longer trust God. And this is the story throughout the Bible. It's a story of people who lack integrity and do not fully trust each other. They only ever show part of who they are to each other. They betray one another. They stab each other in the back, literally and metaphorically. And so, throughout the story, we're thinking, goodness me, here's this, here's this list of people who make mistakes, and God is being incredibly faithful to them. He is upholding his part of the bargain. He is the one who is true integrity. And then you come to Proverbs 10 and, you, and Proverbs 11 and Proverbs 28 and all these verses which say that the righteous who walks in their integrity, they are blessed. As Paul said last week, trust in the Lord with all your heart, all of who you are. Not just one part, not just this part of my life, not this part of, who, of whatever. Trust in the Lord with all of who you are. And do not lean on your own understanding. Sometimes we might think, I can't think of a way in which this is right, so I'm just going to go my way and trust in my way of doing things rather than doing things God's way. But God says, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. And so, we get to this point in the in the story of the Bible, and you're like, oh, all these people, none of them have integrity. None of them truly walk in the blameless path. We're waiting in the story for this person. Who will bring that completeness? Who will bring that fulfillment of character? Who will bring fulfillment of character? Who will bring fulfillment of righteousness, of the law, of all the commands that God gave? Friends, the true person of integrity is Jesus Christ. In Matthew 3.13, Matthew 3:15 Jesus says it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness when he gets baptized John the Baptist is like what well, I can't baptize you and he's like no 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 let's do this to fulfill all righteousness and then Jesus says in Matthew 5 blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness For they will be filled. They will be complete. Adam and Eve, when they were tempted by the serpent in the desert, in the tempted by the serpent in the garden, they lacked the integrity to not compromise on what God had said and went their own way. But Jesus, after he was baptized, he went into the desert and he was also tempted by the serpent figure, by Satan, by the devil. When Adam and Eve, when they gave in to his question, did God really say? They compromised on their integrity. But Jesus, he did not compromise on his integrity. When Satan said to him, did God really say this? By saying, if you are the son of God. If you are the son of God... Trust in your own way of doing things. Turn this rock into bread. If you are the son of God, you can just vindicate yourself by being saved when you you jump off of the temple. If you are the son of God, I'll give you all this stuff. I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world if you will just bow down to me. And so Jesus is 
Yeah, he's, he is fulfilling that which Adam and Eve failed to do, which is to complete the test, which is to trust in, trust in God with all of your heart. And he led with the perfect example. He responded with scripture, and he did not give in. He did not compromise on his integrity. Jesus was holy, holy human and holy God at the same time. He was tempted in every way as we are, says Hebrews chapter 4. And yet he never sinned. He never mucked up. He never compromised. Jesus is the living example, the living definition of integrity. He's the only one who did it without blemish. He was perfect. He did not falter. And he is the example that we are called to live by when we think of integrity. If we want to be the righteous who walk in integrity, we have to submit ourselves to the one who is truly righteous and never compromised on his integrity. Integrity in our world today, it does kind of mean like a they're not going to be they're not going to corrupt their morals they're not going to be compromising on their morals you know when someone's a, if you see someone you're like oh that's a person of integrity you're like i know that they're not going to compromise on who on their standards compromise on their morals and so that's what christ calls us to and that's what christ calls the church to in the new testament in colossians 3 and in acts chapter 5 when people are pressured to, to compromise on their values, compromise on who Jesus is calling them to be, the people say, we would rather serve God than humans. We would rather bow to God than to humans. We'd rather give in to the way of God and trust in the way of God than to trust in our own ways and do things as other humans do. In our integrity, we also are called to have integrity with our speech. In Matthew 5, Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. I had a... <laughs> you'll laugh at this, I think. I, um, when I was... Uh, when I was... Uh, just become a teenager, I was 13, 14 years of age, my brother asked me, promise my parents that you don't tell them that I now support Manchester United. I was like, uh-huh, I promise, I promise. And then, inevitably, I then went straight away and told Dad that, that, that Jamie had started supporting Manchester United. And I was like, no, 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 it's just a joke promise. <laughs> That's what I would always say. And so, <laughs> um, Dad said to me, Tommy, we don't do promises. We just do our yes, be yes, and your no, be no. And so, next time... Um, Someone came up to me and said, no, no, I, I'm telling the truth, Tommy. I was like, oh, yeah? Yes be yes and you know be no? <laughs> and I completely forgot the principle because in my head, it was a, this is a Christian promise that you never violate. But obviously, what it's saying is when you come across someone who is walking in the way of Jesus, who has true integrity, you don't have to second guess whether what they're saying is genuine or not. I shouldn't... If anything, it's a sign of our times that I have to say, no, 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 I promise you that I'm telling the truth. Because if we all walked in integrity, then you would know from the first time that I say something that I'm being truthful. My yes would be a, a yes and my no would be a no. And I, didn't, I wouldn't have to swear by anything. I wouldn't have to make promises. You would just trust who I am and that I'm giving you the complete picture. So we say it in both word, and we say it in our deeds as well. So in 1 John chapter 3, it says the following. Just get to it. 1 John 3, verses, 17, uh, verses 16 to 18, 18. By this we know love, that Jesus laid down his life for us, and that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, 
but also in deed and in truth. And so not only should we trust the words that people say, but we should also trust that they are people of integrity and that they will follow through on what they say. Me personally, I'm challenged by that. One, one example of how I was challenged recently was, um, and this might resonate with some of you guys, is when, um, when I said, oh yeah, I'll pray for you. I'll be praying for you. And for me, it's like, I have those friends in my life that I know are going to be spending the next, mo- next week or so praying every morning for me. You, you know those people? Those people that you can truly trust in? For me, I, I'm, I'm, that's something I, that I was struck by. I was like, goodness, I have a, a list of people that I say I'm praying for. I want them to, be, to know that truly I am going to be praying for them and that they know that they've got my prayers backing them up throughout the week. That my yes would be yes and my no would be no that I would be a person of integrity. And so, in one sense, a person of integrity, they trust in God with all their heart and lean not on their understanding. They take from the tree of life, which is to trust in God's ways and to trust in God's provision. And from a Christian perspective, we trust in Christ. We abide in Christ fully. In John 15, Christ says, Abide in me. I am the true vine, and the Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that or she that bears fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If we want to be people who are people of integrity, who walk the way of Tom, we need to be abiding in Christ. We need to be abiding in Christ in so many ways. He should be at the foundation of, of our days. And we should be trusting in him because he was the one who never compromised. And the hope is that as we draw nearer to Christ in our relationships with him, in our fellowship in church, in our reading of scripture, in our prayer, in our, in our ponderings, in our, in, our, in our meditations of God, there should be an ongoing transformation in us so that we fully trust and fully abide in God. One final passage before I, I land is First Peter chapter 3, which I, I think it really beautifully illustrates something of a person who walks with integrity. First Peter 3, 13 to 18. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer... For what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear the threats, do not be frightened, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ, he also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. To live with integrity is to follow the example of Christ. To not compromise when things get tough. To not compromise on the truth. And we can only live with this grace and this truth. We can only live with true integrity by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that he graciously gives to all who ask. So, 
What's God, what's God saying to Minehead Baptist Church this morning? Friends, let's be honest with each other. Let's be open with each other. Obviously, not fully open, but you know what I mean. Let us be the kind of people who can trust what each other is saying, what one another is saying to one another. I, I, if you've spent any short amount of time with me, you'll know that when people say, how are you doing? Oh, but the temptation is to say, fine. But I'll also be like, ah, it's been a tough week. Things are difficult. I had a rough night's sleep last night. Let's be honest with each other. I don't, I don't want to contribute to this posi- positive mentality culture where everything has to be all right, where everything has to be okay, when clearly things are not okay. Let's walk with integrity and let's be vulnerable and honest with each other. Let's trust one another. Let's walk in integrity in our speech, in our conduct. Let's honor one another. God has entrusted you with all the other people in this church. Entrusted you to love them and support them, encourage them. To challenge them, but to challenge them graciously. But also to be honest with them. And... I think God is saying, to walk this journey of Christ requires integrity. So if, you, if that is something that in your heart you feel, I've, I want to walk in integrity, then after the service is finished, me and Alec will be here at the front to pray with people. If you want to walk the way of Christ and to walk in true integrity, as we're all learning together, then I'm very happy to pray with you guys. And for those of you who might be exploring faith in the room, exploring what it means to walk with integrity, to even start the journey, requires coming to Christ to know what true integrity is. And so for you guys, I would encourage you, Jesus Christ is the ultimate example of integrity. And so if you turn to him, acknowledging your wrongs, repentant of your sins, entrusting yourself to Jesus... He is the person who will transform your heart and help you to be the kind of person who walks in integrity. And to walk in a way that truly images God. To walk in a way that brings transformation to this world. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are infinitely wise. We thank you that you are the perfect example of integrity. Would you help us as a church to walk in integrity with one another? Would the words we say and the, and the deeds that we do, the actions that we do, match? Would we be full and complete in our, in our presenting ourselves to one another? Would we not only present a portion of who we are? Help us to be honest with each other. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are a wonderful, a wonderful God, a wonderful counselor, a wonderful friend, and that you can help us to draw near to you and become more like you as we seek to walk in integrity as you did. Bless everyone here and help us to be people of integrity this coming week and month and year and decade and for the rest of our lives. Amen. Kaylee, if you could bring up into your hands. as the next one. Look at these words into your hands. 
I commit again all I am for you, Lord. You can stand, sit, kneel as a response to this word that you want to be. Have a life of integrity. Again, commit ourselves again to him. Asking him to work through us. So to to close with this, Jesus says in John 15, I am the true vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, they are thrown away like a branch and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you. And your joy may be full. Friends, one, one last notice before our final song. Um, there is someone, um, someone in the minor community who was recently made homeless um, a couple days ago. And so if anyone is aware of any accommodation that's available that can be provided, uh, let me know after the service. Because um, they, they, need, they need to know about accommodation very, very soon. So, yes. But yes, let's walk in integrity and we'll finish with a final song and then coffee and conversation afterwards. Bless you guys. To leave a comment, please go to mynehead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening and I'll speak to you soon.